Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Man, you remember the good old days when inflation was transitory? Remember those good old days when you could go down to the gas station and flip your tank for, I don't know, 20, 30 bucks? Now if you fill up half a tank, it's $40. You can still fill your car up if it's, or, are you, sorry, you can still fill up your vehicle for under $20, I think. As long as you drive a, a moped or you a, scooter. a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah. Cost me 30 bucks to mow the grass. Um, you know, you could go down to the grocery store and get a cart full of, of goodies. You know, not have to sell off one of your kids. You know, I, but we were, I remember when the good old days when inflation was just transitory. Well, back in my day, the gas was $2 a gallon. Back in my day, kids, you don't know how good you got it nowadays. Back in my day, gas was two thirty-five a gallon. Now it's seventeen thirty-five. dollars a gallon. You got your TikToks and you got your $5 a gallon of gas. You guys are ruining this country. Back in my day. Back in my day, a Coke was two forty-five. Like the people you said. And inflation was under 7%. You kids, what have we done to our country? You're ruining it. You stupid millennials. Uh, I, I remember like people used to say, I could, get, I could get Coke for a nickel back in the day. No, no I, don't, I don't think Coke was, was it in a nickel? Yeah, yeah, Coke, yeah, yeah, Coke, Coke used to be about, about, about a nickel when it came I get, out. I, I could get me a movie ticket, a, a bucket of popcorn, and a Coke for a nickel. Now it's like getting to the movie theater costs more than actually going to the movies. Imagine that. You said the same thing twice. No, I said I said getting to the movies costs you oh, more okay. than actually going. I thought you said getting into movies costs as much as a going movie. Going to see a movie costs, costs more than going to see a movie. <laughs> Filling your car up, Joe, it costs more than gasoline. Can you believe it? This is, out, this is outrageous. Out, out, outrageous, I tell you. Outrageous. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thanks, Biden, you... Dead gum scumbag, you. But uh, really, we all know why gas is so expensive. Well, it's because of Putin. It's because of Putin. Well, Putin, and then also, um, it's because of those greedy, greedy oil companies. You know, and to help spread the news on why inflation is up and why gas is $7 a gallon, uh, Jen Psaki, the lady who I, I am com- convinced is not real. She's not real. Uh, got on to the the. I guess onto the TikTok and, and encourage the the so-called TikTok influencers to spread the good word, the good news about how Biden is driving uh, in- inflation prices through the roof, through the roof, the roof. He's bringing down the roof with their inflation. So I, I mistakenly uh, breezed through some of these so-called TikTok influencers. Telling us how Biden was the one who is raising the price of gas and why inflation is is growing, as if uh, as if these eighteen and nineteen year olds know anything about basic basic economics. That inflation only happens for one reason, and it's not because someone invades a country or you shut down oil pipelines, or whatever. It's because it's an expansion of the money supply, right? So whenever you have a set amount of dollars and that set amount of dollars increases, well, that's inflation. No, Joe, it's because Putin invaded the country. That's why there's more U.S. dollars. <laughs> Putin invaded the country, therefore he created more U.S. dollars. I, I don't know how... 
I, I, I don't know why you're arguing with this, and I don't know why you're defending Putin on this, Joe. So I toyed with the idea of playing one of these videos. Please don't. Because it, it's, it's insanely cringe, uh, these influencers who are trying to uh, influence us on why gas prices are so high. And um, it's, it's full of the usual just platitudes of these know-nothings. And, of course, they can't make a video without like 50 edits in like a, t- like, a, like, a, like, a, like a minute video. There's like 50 edits. This show is an hour long and we have no edits. We can, we, we can go for an hour straight without editing a single clip. We did two hours on just talking about Rush. So Talking about music for two hours. Talking about music. So I, I firmly don't understand why these people cannot make a coherent you know, video about inflation. It's only a minute long without 50 edits. I don't get it. Like, like okay, look, I know I stutter and I, I have a really hard time searching for words sometimes, like, you know, just a minute ago. Um, but I can still get somewhat of a coherent thought out. Now, it may be a word salad, but at least I can talk for more than a minute without having to do a, a nifty little edit. Um, but at the same time, though, uh, if you're... This is this is why I hate this world and why I hate this culture and why I hate social media is because a lot of people are gonna look at these people like for instance there's the one video that I saw uh, what's I don't even remember her name uh, the TikTok influencer Ellie Zeeler I think no idea um, apparently she has ten and a half million followers uh, ten and a half million uh, brain dead people plugged into the matrix um, uh, she's eighteen and she's talking she's and she is taking a position of authority, repeating the White House talking points about reasons why inflation and are is so high. It's because, well, you know, it's Putin's problem, and he's the one who's creating this. But uh, the unfortunate thing is, is that a lot of people are going to watch this. A lot of Gen Zers are going to watch this and say, "Hey, yeah, that's what inflation is." You know, inflation unf- is the invasion of another country, right? Because that, because that, that only makes sense now. The real sad part is they won't be going to places like the Mises Institute or Cato or wherever and looking at hardcore economics of why inflation happens. That's the problem because uh, because in today's society you have to dumb everything down to a 60-second video. And if you can't explain to them in 60 seconds why uh, something's happening, well, then if they're, they're bored. They'll just swipe through it. You know, there was a, a, an, an, so another example of this is the uh, – there was a – back in – the pandemic when the pandemic first happened this would have been like summer 2020 uh there was this movement among some some people to just close the economy down 100 percent and then just pay everybody whatever wage they would have been whatever they would have had working and this was you know uh, floated by many blue check mark morons on twitter including uh Celisa milano was one of these people and she tweeted out that you know there's this thing called qe and we should be doing it because they should print money right now and give it out as welfare checks and just and just qe us, us out of this and she spoke with it on you can go back and look this up on twitter that she she acted like she she was the next john Maynard Keynes, and she was just this paul brilliant yeah, paul krugman is like I was, I was like whoa i'm so sorry i didn't know that that, that I was that wrong. I was wrong on this, and that, that you are the now the intellectual great. You should be writing a column for the New York Times now, not because me. not me, this old white guy. But she He's was retired. she was like she's like there's this thing called QE, and we should do it for COVID. Okay, we should be printing money and making sure everyone stays home, or else people are going to die. I love I would love to ask her. So what does QE stand for? Yeah, well, I tweeted and I said, and she 
she spoke about it in such a way that she discovered this and she's like, well, why aren't we doing this? I'm like, honey, there's this thing <laughs> called, there's this thing called QE1, QE2, QE3, QE4. This is nothing They've new. Been They've been doing this for a long time yeah. and you can see how much of a resounding success it's been. So you tweeting out about QE thinking that, oh, wow, I've discovered this great economic treasure that the U.S. should capitalize on. Uh, this is nothing new. Every Everyone who um, who holds their own in an economic conversation knows what QE is. This is pretty basic stuff here. Yeah. Uh, so I've got a, a little bit of a transcript for what she said. I can't bear to listen to the video, but I'll read you it. You just play it. Just, 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 just find it and play it. Okay, well, I've got it right here. All right. I'll have to use my phone because I didn't save the video, but... Why is gas so expensive and why is the United States inflation rate at a four-time decade high? I had the opportunity to ask the White House why gas down the street is $7 and here's what they said. The obvious reason we are getting out of a two-year pandemic when use goes up, price goes up. Uh, pause! Pause! Okay, first of all, first of all, okay, um, you go to the White House for information. Well, that's like going to, I don't know, um... It's like it's like asking Bernie Madoff for financial advice. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, ask the press secretary. Or you even had um, the who was the head of uh, the Department of Energy who who didn't even know how much barrels of oil the U.S. uses on a daily basis. I think I think it was Pete Buttigieg, the no, transportation no, 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 no. secretary. It's the one. It's the one lady. It, when they, they asked her about the oh yeah yeah I remember yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember her name. the emergency supply of oil, how much is in it. And then she's like, oh, well, you know, it's like 30, 40 million barrels. That's like so much oil. Even <laughs> though we use about 700 to 800,000 barrels a day. So that's less than a, that's like only a few weeks worth of oil. I think it was less than that. I think the America uses like 20 million. Hold on. I'm going to look this up because I, I read it. I remember there's enough oil in reserves for like a less than a week supply. Hold on. Uh, every day the U.S. uses... The U.S. consumes, on average, about 20, 20 million barrels of, of petroleum a day. Yeah. So so if there's 30 in, in reserves, that's like, what, three days at the most? Yeah. yeah. So, so they use... Yeah. So that... Yeah. So, so, uh, so, yeah so 19 trillion, according to the ELA.gov. So roughly, roughly three days worth of supply. Um, so first of all, going to the White House, you know, there, there, there's no reason to ask the White House about anything. But you know, she says, "Well, why is gas down the street seven dollars?" And the obvious reason that she got from the White House was, "Well, uh, we're we're getting out of a two-year pandemic." What does that have to do with anything? Did well, they just stop producing gas and well, it's petroleum? Not, it's not like they didn't. It's not like nobody bought, you know oil during that time and even if even if nobody bought oil there'd be such a uh an overflow or a, a huge stockpile of oil that actually would have driven the price down so that doesn't make any sense and if and i don't think demand uh there was less demand for oil um now what, what during the pandemic during the pandemic well yes there was a it was a, a major um, to decrease. That's why. That's why oil that day w went negative. But was there was there a lack of demand for it, or was there a de lack of use for it? So the reason why oil got so cheap during the pandemic is because commerce and travel was down. Airlines oh, okay, weren't flying, okay. and and oil actually went negative right, because right. for that period, for that for those few hours, 
the price of oil became greater than the cost to store it. Right. So, so it wasn't because of a lack of demand. It, it kind of yes. So the the demand of oil went down because there wasn't as many um, commerce going on in right. the airline industry. No one was no one was really traveling. So there was a, there was a there was a, there was a glut of oil in the market. So it drove the pro drove, drove, drove the price down to like twenty. It was something like like thirty forty bucks for a barrel of oil, which is amazing. And the price actually went negative that one day. If those of you remember, remember, yeah, remember go that. back in history. Oil went negative, but okay. Well, I have another question. Uh, I, I, I think that I want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, based on her argument, she's like, "Okay, well, we had this increased demand, right? So that's why that's why oil is going up. Yeah, explosion in, in demand. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's that that that's fine. That's a fair question to ask. We're, oil gas prices are at record highs. Gas has never been more expensive than it is right now, nationwide. For for that to be true, then there would have to be this in unseen demand for 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 oil and gasoline is that is that true are, are is there is there there's so much more demand for it that again that supply just didn't vanish overnight even biden has has came out and said that you know well we've produced or we've drilled more barrels of oil um in my first year than 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 trump um in his last year and, in and, office, and yeah. yeah so these things can't be true at the same time. You no. can't say we're producing more oil than ever. We have more oil than ever, and then also say, well, at the same time, prices are on prices are going up because of this increased demand. Yes, whenever demand increases, the price goes up as a result because of a shrinking supply. But you can't say that you you, you can't say these things at the same time. Well, that that would also mean too that all the CEOs and the nerds at all these oil companies got all their forecasts wrong. Yes. So I don't think that every single person who works in the oil industry got it wrong. That can't be true. I, yeah, there's there's no way that there's too many look there's too many smart people in the in the oil and gas business to get this colossal to get this so wrong. Um, there's too many people. Mike Worth at Chevron's not getting this wrong. The people or like, Ryan Lance from ConocoPhillips is getting it. wrong. Yeah, ConocoPhillips, Exxon, Shell, BP. The Saudis these are getting people, it wrong. Yeah, right? the Saudi the Saudis are not getting this equation wrong. It's just they have too much on 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 the line, and the fact that, as we said, you came out of yes, as I predicted that that oil was going to go up sharply because of an increased demand. There was going to be a squeeze on on supply. Never did I think that we were going to reach the now yeah, now I mean, now. Yes, I did call for a hundred dollar barrel of oil as well as other people like, people, like yeah. Peter Schiff called for it as well. I didn't think that gasoline was going to go up along with it, but well, we're mean, seeing this. There's just increased, just. We have such a, such a, a, a scare that there's going to be this su- supply constraint that people are trying to price in right now. I mean, we have seen what the these oil futures did fall a bunch over the week. I think that the market's trying to correct itself a little well, bit. I think the um, the uh, the Saudis and the OPEC were going to release some reserves or start selling off some oil. Uh, I did see that uh, uh, India and Russia had made a sweetheart deal that they are going to get a. Uh, uh, Russian petroleum at a sweetheart price. Yeah, so oil today closed at one hundred and one dollars. So we have we've come down about f- about twenty percent or so. It took and, like eleven percent drop in one day, I think. Yes, it had the had a very large drop. We're seeing natural gas did fall today as well. 
And could that be because of the deals that there were being made between OPEC and Russia and India? Possibly. possibly. Yeah, possibly. Um, but another uh, thing I wanted to say was, and um, it, this is, I think it's true, since Trump have, has left office, and as he was leaving office, the price of oil was was going up steadily. But the price has, has already doubled. The price of gas has already doubled. So if it goes to $200 a barrel, it's going to double yet again. So not only has it doubled once, but it's going to double again. So for for people, um, you know, she, the one thing that she does get right is supply and demand. When use goes up, price goes up. But that again is is a is a very dumbed down first grade level of just basic economics that everyone should have a, a, a some of a grasp of. Well, and if she would, if if her argument were it was to be sound, she would have to explain why we're seeing all time record highs. If 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 we're solely seeing gas prices go up because of demand and then then the demand has to be unprecedented right so and is it i i, I look i don't know i don't even i'll have the information for that but you're going to make these claims well see where the argument falls apart is like i said the price of oil was already going up as trump was leaving office and yeah so took, because the, the invasion happened just a couple of weeks ago and the price of oil was already going up. Now, a lot of that could be attributed to, okay, increased tensions. Sure, that could be a problem. Uh, Wall Street wasn't sure how to price this in. But at the same time, though, they said they're because of the two years of the pandemic. Well, what do they do for those two years of the pandemic? Do they just not drill? Well, they did, they did nothing but print money. So if you do nothing but print money for two years, yes, you're going to see increased prices on literally everything. And that's why literally everything is getting more expensive. So let's let's hear what the let's, let's continue to listen to this. All is predominantly about Ukraine and Russia. So how does that relate? Russia is one of the top three producers of oil, and it is actually their number one revenue source. Now, with Putin starting this horrific fight between Ukraine and Russia, nobody wants to work with him and do an international trade. That's so, with people being scared of war and limited resources, prices are bound to go up as well. For the people who can't pay $7 for a gallon of gas, there's an app called Gas Buddy that shows you the cheapest gas near Okay, so, <laughs> so I mean, that, that would... The idea that no one wants to work with Putin is preposterous. It's, it's not true. He is going to find a way to uh, scapegoat U.S. and EU sanctions. That's going to happen, and you see it. Uh, I saved uh, the. Let me find the article. Um, well, India, okay. India to buy uh, more Russian oil, working on a ruble, uh, rupee, ru rupee, ruble system uh, mechanism. Um, so the wet, so they can, you know, uh, they're going to get uh, crude oil at a discount. So and other commodities <clears throat> at a discount. Two things about that. Um, people think that okay, hey, we're, we're going to ban Russian oil, so we're going to punish russia do you think putin's like do you think putin and the the gas companies in russia are like well there's no more buyers that that's it we're finished we're toast no someone is going to buy those millions of barrels of oil whether it's whether it's europe because um places in europe have not fully banned it i know that germany is not because germany's smart enough to know that if they ban because they get so much oil and natural gas from Russia, they can't afford to ban it. We have, we actually have a, a bit of a luxury that, yes, it's going to increase the price of gasoline here even further, but we're not going to be crippled to the extent of Europe. And like, like you said, India's going to buy it. China's, China's going to buy it. it. Um, all these other countries are going to end up buying it. Now, 
something else too. Because India imports has to import like eighty percent of its oil. I something think. else too that uh, the, these these morons who who are for and I'm I'm talking yes the morons who are for banning um, Russian oil to punish Putin. Has has anybody known of a little term called the petrodollar? Well, I don't. I don't think this influencer knows much about it. Do you realize that to 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 trade a barrel of oil? How do you trade a barrel of of oil on the world stage? You gotta go through the U.S. dollar. You have to go through the U.S. dollar. So they're gonna. We're, so we're gonna be involved somehow. Well, and and it, it's so it's it's so dumb. People are like, oh, well, that's it. Russia's gonna be banned from the U.S. dollar, and they're not gonna be able to. They're not gonna be able to to trade economically on on the world stage, and and we're, we're gonna crush them. Well, I was how, th- how they have to use our currency to trade oil. They have to. I can't remember if it was if it was Bob Murphy or someone else that was listening to economists say that. Uh, yes, they can try to ban the importation of of Russian oil, but that oil is still going to get here one way or another. Yes, it will be filtered through other countries. It'll come from other places. Uh, it's still that that oil is still going to be traded out there, regardless of what the ban is or what the ban ban or no ban. Then uh, there was also the, one of the reasons why the price of oil dropped too is that. Uh, there's a report that Chevron is set to start trading Venezuelan oil, oil once the U.S. relaxes relax sanctions. So what happened was that there were U.S. diplomats that went to Venezuela to talk with the, I mean, the illegitimate President uh, Maduro that, that, we're, that we've been told by Trump and Biden. It's amazing how <laughs> at any other time uh, Maduro is the illegitimate president, but when we need to talk about oil, he's the legitimate president because we, have all, we were all told in that moment in the Trump State of the Union speech, how they recognize Juan Guaido as the legitimate president. All that gets thrown out the window when we need to but talk you about know, oil. Joe, um, Maduro is this is this illegitimate dictator of the um, communist country of Venezuela, but Putin's way worse, though. Yeah. Oh, we can't trade with, with, with Putin, but the illegitimate president of this hostile communist nation of Venezuela... Well, Fair, fair game. Bring well, it we on. only recognize the official leader as our hand-picked CIA-vetted uh, nominee because, you know, democracy. Um, They're fighting for all of us, Joe. Right. Remember the whole thing about Venezuela and Juan Guaido and Maduro and that, the fighting in the streets and stuff? Remember yeah. all that? So, anyway, I, I just thought that was funny. But anyway, so they're they're going to Maduro to release oil because they have the largest reserves, I think, of any country. <laughs> Uh, in the world of oil, oil reserves. So they're going there, and the Chevron's basically going to take over if they release, uh, you know, let up the sanctions. And, you know, that all that's fine. Okay, that's that's fine. Uh, I was also, uh, Bob Murphy and, and Jeff Dice were talking about how, you know, there was like 60% more oil in the shale up in Canada than they originally thought there was. And yes, from what I understand, shale is a little bit harder to extract and refine than just. We got to frack that, right? Yeah, like horizontal fracking or drilling or whatever it's called. But sixty percent more than they thought. There's you know enough oil up there for centuries, uh, you know of of supply. And the fact that we're we're going to Venezuela, even though just north of the border up there in Canada, they've got more oil than they thought there was, and then. You know, there's there's oil all throughout the Gulf. There's oil throughout Texas. You know, there's enough oil on this side of the world to make us independent, where we don't need to re- to rely on the Saudis or the Venezuelans or whatever. Well, and look, I I'm no fan of the Canadian government, but <clears throat> if I had to pick 
between the Saudi government, the Venezuelan government, or Canada, it's yeah. it's pretty hard to pick a, a friendlier uh, country who who doesn't have the rampant um, um, so human rights violations that that you see in the Middle East and in parts of South America. So again, we have plenty. There's there's, there's enough spots to drill here and. What, what Jen, Zaki, Jen Zaki came out and said to the press conference that she basically blamed the price of oil. It's funny. So the, the price of oil is a Putin's fault until it's not Putin's fault. Then it's the gas company's fault. Because, the oil company's fault. Oil company's fault. Company. Because she said that that there's like 9,000 um, wells that are, that are, that leases. are leases that are untapped. Even though um, to get a permit to to do um, geological surveys and to do environmental impacts. They have to go through the federal government. And that takes time. That takes time. And then to get a a drilling license, a a license to even drill on these spots, you have to go through the federal government to get a license to drill. So they're like, oh, they have all these untapped places and they're not doing it, even though they have to ask you permission. Do you you think that, that if there is this constraint on supply... And it's driving the price up. And, and again, it's it's one of those things where people say, oh, well, the, the, the oil companies are going to make so much more money off of this. No, they're not. In the short term, possibly, yes. But whenever people start changing their behaviors and not going on vacations and not flying anymore, uh, people- more fuel-efficient cars. Yes. People are going to buy less oil and less gasoline as a result. So- yes this is not a a, a good long-term uh, strategy for them and and besides that you're hurting the poorest people among us but Jen Psaki made it out to be that it's just it's just their fault it's this it's the oil company's fault and they're, they're just being greedy as if they can control the uh, the global price of oil like well to to a certain degree they can but, but but it's it's this is funny. Are if it honestly given everything that's going on, they're not the ones bet they're not the ones banning the price of oil coming from uh Russia. But they're not the ones doing that. What what's funny is that they're they are always the fall guy because either it was, oh well, you know, they uh they're too greedy or now they're just being too conservative. It's like it's like there's they're they're always the convenient scapegoat. Uh, when really, uh, when when the because they they can't always count on the actions of foreign governments what they're going to do, and the fact that they have to go through these foreign governments to extract the oil from the ground, that really complicates things, and it's just it's an easy scapegoat to say that you know when when the price of oil is cheap, oh you know it's whatever, but yet the moment it goes up, they suddenly. The reason why they, the the price of oil and gas goes up because they suddenly got greedy. That doesn't make any sense because if 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 all these companies were just wanted to be greedy, then why isn't the price always high? Yeah, why isn't the price always five six dollars a gallon? Why can't they just make it an even ten dollars a gallon? If they were if they were always greedy, if they, they were just, always they greedy. only cared about the. I mean, I'm I'm not saying they don't care about the bottom line because they because they they do. They're companies. They're 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 beholden to the shareholders. But if they just had that option. Where it's like, well, well, we got their money. What are they gonna do now? What are they gonna do? We've yeah. already got their money. No, it's a stupid argument. And there's actually a great video that um, Andrew from Don't Walk Run Productions did breaks all this crap down and shows that there are oil companies waiting up to a year to get drilling licenses and and, and to get drilling permits. So whose fault is it really? Is it the oil company's fault who are begging? 
begging for drilling permits and drilling licenses to drill to bring this to cost down because they sell more at a lower cost or is it the government who is not giving out these licenses and who is banning the price of or the sale of Russian oil on U.S. soil. That well, is. it's not like you that, that the green police have spent decades demonizing fossil fuels either. What so, did Kamala Harris come out and say about buying electric cars? Didn't she come out and say something about that? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, but you know, I, so you you have all these external factors that are affecting them. Where for decades they've been blamed for every bad thing that's ever happened, and of course the the accident that happened in the Gulf with the uh, the oil spill, the BP oil spill, stuff like that happens, and then you have the increased uh, regulations and cafe standards and everything that they're having to uh, face, and now this, and now inflation, and so it's like they're always just the convenient scapegoat, which is, again, it's dumbing things down to a first-grade level, because everyone likes to hate on uh, big corporations and millionaires and billionaires. That's that's just, it's an easy thing to do because, you know, it's 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 an easy scapegoat, but I don't know. I, I think uh, drill, baby, drill. Open up that Keystone pipe, Keystone pipeline, and let the oil rivers flow. You know, there was something funny that I did see. Um, there was a thing about Kamala Harris. So she she was she was saying about you know if it's expensive, does you know the there's always a, the, there's always the option for an electric vehicle, or or a more a fuel efficient vehicle. Yes, because the person who can't afford to pay $5 a gallon for the unleaded gasoline, they definitely have, have the money to buy, go out and buy yeah. a $70,000 Tesla. Well, definitely. And, and, and again, too, there's always this self-fulfilling prophecy of being against the oil companies because Jen Psaki said in her video that, well, this is just further evidence we need to push for the re- re- renewable energy sources. It's like, okay, that's fine, but you can't just flip a light switch and then f- switch everything over to, to renewables and everyone's driving Teslas or Nissan Leafs. That's just not reality. Even better... There was a photo that came out of California at a Tesla at, at a it was either a Tesla supercharging station or it was one of the Californian government ones that were set up where it was saying please charge your car responsibly due to the constraints on the um um power grid. Yeah. So they're saying they're actually limiting how much you can charge your your cars at these stations because there isn't enough electricity on the grid to 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 support it. So. You want people to go buy electric vehicles, even though we know the grid is not is not, not enough infrastructure. It is not the, the infrastructure is not there for mass adoption of these vehicles. It's not. Look, I am, look, I am one hundred percent for renewable energy. I think that is the future. I think that, honestly, I think it's kind of dumb the, the the concept of having to rely on something that we drill out of the ground and that is not renewable as far as energy sources to me is kind of dumb. Just, just, just in big in a concept, big picture. Given that in the concept, regardless of the of the environmental um, impact, of it, I think you can top that on as well. But you know, we're we're not there yet. Like, I would love for everybody to have like you know their own supercharging station at their house. They plug their car in at the end of the at the end of the day. They wake up morning, and go to work, fully charged car. No one's having to go fill up at a gas station. I think that you know that's that's the dream. That's the utopia. Everyone has solar panels and. You know, a small little like little wind turbine that 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 to me is 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 ideal. 
but we're not there yet. And even even Elon Musk recognized that too. Is that you know he said yes. He tweeted out that they need to immediately ramp up uh, oil production, and he said I fully understand that this is goes against Tesla's very self interest. I understand that, but the the country and even U, uh, the U S. and even Europe are, are not ready for mass adoption no. of EVs. Um, so you know that you know don't don't hate on them oil companies because they keep the lights on literally. They keep the food on the shelves, mm-hmm. literally. So, little, little respect and a little admiration is, I think, in order. Um, did you see what uh, Snakey Sullivan uh, had to say? No, I didn't. What did you say? So, Snakey Sullivan was uh, is warning China, <gasps> and he they had like a big seven hour meeting somewhere today or this past week about how uh, he's warning the Chinese. The Secretary uh, Sullivan, or uh, whatever his whatever his position is, is warning, uh, warning the Chinese that don't you go helping them, them Russians evade sanctions, or else we'll 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 sanction you, we'll attack you. So we're attacking the Russians now. The Chinese. Oh, the Chinese. Oh. So I he said that there will be consequences to pay. Well, absolutely, Beijing will absolutely face consequences consequences if it helps Moscow evade sanctions or the invasion of Ukraine. Uh, so, my question is: Okay, so let's just assume that they're already doing that because I kind of believe that they already are. That China is doing everything it can to help the Russians, you know, take some pressure off because of these sanctions. And I I think it's pretty safe to assume as well that they're already giving them some kind of aid, and whether militarily or whatever. China, at the same time, too, is uh, President Xi. I, I believe I've seen it reported. I don't know. If it's, I don't know. I don't know if it's one hundred percent true, but it, he's kind of telling Putin to let's negotiate this away and let's just stop the fighting. But if, if this con- if this conflict continues and and China does does decide to help Russia evade sanctions, what are you going to do, S- uh, Snaky Sullivan? <laughs> what's what's the Biden administration going to do? Is Ant Man, um, you know. Um, uh, what's his name? Ant Man uh, Blinky? Is he gonna do anything? Uh, you know, the Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. Is he gonna do anything? So you, you're gonna sanction China now too? Didn't you just say that sanctions didn't stop the invasion of of Ukraine? Didn't you just say that sanctions didn't do anything? Didn't you just say they were ineffective? Like so, what, I think your threats are really empty towards the the Chinese. And furthermore. Like we've pointed out numerous times, sanctions don't work. They have the they have a grave unintended consequences, or really intended consequences. When really, when you look at the way that they destroy civil society and cut off the uh, the population of, of much needed supplies, because you know your foreign because your 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 leaders have a disagreement. So, you know, I don't. I would love to see what they're actually going to do. They're going to absolutely pay consequences. Okay, what are those consequences? What is it? There's nothing that the there's nothing that the United States can do that's going to deter the Chinese from acting in their own economic self-interest with helping Russia. There's nothing they can do. Now, I think this is largely pointing the finger at them saying don't you go invade Taiwan because that's now in the that's now in the crosshairs because everyone says, well, the logical conclusion is after Russia invades Ukraine, China takes ta- Taiwan. That's it. That's it. And I was listening to, uh, unfortunately, I had to listen to a little bit of Hannity the other night, and he had mm-hmm. on uh, Donnie the other night, and you know, he was saying that you know uh, Taiwan's next. They're going to take over Taiwan. We we are going to lose Taiwan again. Who is we? 
Um, but, you know, if if China goes into Taiwan, you know, yeah, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I think that's bad. But as the United States has long recognized Taiwan a part of Russia, yes, that's going to have some, some consequences with semiconductor chips, sure. But in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I, I don't know. I, there's As we've seen before, these sanctions don't stop anything. The only way this stops is if they create like a NATO-style... Uh, force in in the South China Sea, which again is a bad idea, because now you you've created the same argument for why Russia invaded Ukraine. Now you're going to create that same scenario in over Taiwan. And even Trump, when he was on with Hannity, was saying how the, the 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 Chinese are breaking Taiwanese airspace. Well, like we've pointed out in the show before, this is kind of a lie because the uh, the bubble that that's that's over Taiwan extends into the South China Sea and also extends into mainland China. And so anytime they that the one wing crosses the, the the line of that threshold of the defensive zone, they say well China's flying over Taiwan the mainland. <laughs> and it's like that's not really true because if they were flying over the mainland like a, like, a, like a military style show of force, um, then that would we would we would all see that there would be clearly evidence of that happening. But when they just go off the the outer corner of their airspace, they say that's them flying over the continent of, or the country of Taiwan. Eh, not so much. Uh, and then there's the... Um, uh, what's the other? Oh, the, I also saw, too, that they're amassing troops. A huge naval force and like something like 30,000 troops uh, in a... I forget which country it was, but another country that's bordering Russia... As uh, a NATO show of force, they're gonna do war games out in the out in the out in the ocean. And I'm like, can't you not potentially see how that could be provocation? Like, we want this to end. We want this. We want this whole invasion to end. We want the innocence of uh, uh, innocence of death to to end. Maybe a, a NATO naval show of force isn't a good idea. Because if you wanted this whole thing to end right now, first of all, it would be telling President Zelensky to shut up and lay down your arms because you're not going to win. You know, I keep seeing this stuff that how, you know, you know, they're the Ukrainians are pushing back the Russians. It's not happening. Maybe they were met with a fort, maybe they met with resistance that uh, they didn't anticipate. That's perfectly a, a, a logical scenario. Or maybe the way that Russia is going about this very slow and methodical is also what's keeping NATO out. Because if they went in guns blazing and just took over the thing in a day or like in a, you know, a couple of days, that might have had a different reaction from the West and from NATO than what we're having now. Because because it's happening somewhat slow and they're being very methodical about it, that could be part of the reason why the U.S. is not intervening. Possibly. Um, then there's also this stuff about, you know, there's, we're bracing for an imminent chemical weapons attack from the Russians. Again, that doesn't make any sense why Russia, why Russia would do that. Because as Western media has been reporting and have been saying, well, if the Russians do that, that that's a game changer. And they'll forget about you know the NATO charter and they'll just go in anyway. They'll forget about that Russia or Ukraine's not a NATO country. They'll just go in and do it anyway, Con- confront Russia. And I see that President Zelensky is, is supposed to speak before Congress virtually. Uh, and if he calls for a no-fly zone, cut the feed. If he gets on there in front of the, in front of the U.S. Congress in a joint session hearing, and asks for a U.S. and NATO imposed no-fly zone, I will kindly ask the good people at CPAC 
to cut the feet. Or or asks for us to be militarily involved. I'm sorry, but you know, you have no right to ask the American government or the American people to fight your battle. Uh, this is your country, dude. This is your problem, not our problem. He spoke in front of uh, the UK Parliament just like, like a week or so ago, and there's people crying. He's saying he's so brave, he's so bold. What a hero he is. He reminds me of Winston Churchill. No. Lots of people have this idea that... that I know that Glenn, Glenn Greenwell touched on this, this whole idea about... Especially the UK, they had this idea that 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 everyone is um, Winston Churchill and, and not and that's Neville Cham- Chamberlain. Yeah. That 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 they're all this Winston Churchill, even though, as, as Glenn points out, that the UK is just, it's just such a such a insignificant country nowadays. When, it's when laughable. It, it, yeah, the U- nothing against the UK. Like I've been there; it's a beautiful country. But as far as the world stage and poll, it's not what it used to be. They have this idea that it is still the 18th century and they rule the world. It's but, pre pre First World War. Yeah, pre First yeah. World War. The British Empire. Yeah, they they still have this idea when it comes to when it, when it honestly comes to the the grand scale of of nations, they are insignificant. Germany yeah. has more of a uh, has more of a presence on, on the um, world stage than the UK, and Germany is is nowhere near. It's like has anybody asked Finland their opinion? Yeah, no one's asked. Finland is weighing in on whether or not we should be involved. Finland has the Lithuania kind of Lithuania is weighed in. Is, was anybody asking for well, their opinion? Well, what, what, so what is the UK's uh, GDP? It's probably what half of ours. Oh, it has to be way less. Um, the three point three point four trillion. Okay, that's 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 <laughs> that's the UK. What's Finland's? Then you gotta look up Germany last. Finland's is three hundred billion. Okay, so they have a lot less. Oh man, Germany's GDP is what's gonna wait way more. Yeah, four yeah four point five trillion <laughs> USA GDP. It's like what thirty something. Yeah, twenty four trillion. Twenty four, so, almost twenty five trillion. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, we have what was that? Almost 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 ten times. Yeah, the GDP of um, the UK. So they're they everyone everyone has this idea that the UK is this vitally important nation to 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 world commerce and um, stuff, and they they have this idea that they are the that they're all Winston Churchill and they're all standing up to the to the great tyrants of the world. Well, everyone is just dying to hear what Boris Johnson has to say on anything. Uh, what I, I'm dying to hear about is that who cuts that man's hair. Who, who who cuts Donald Trump's hair? Uh, you know that Donald Trump doesn't cut his hair. It's just Donald Trump's hair doesn't grow. It's just it's just it's just like that. It's just, it's just he doesn't like even this. style it. He just he just wakes up. It's almost like if you had a wig, and it's just it's a, it's attached to your head. It doesn't change. It doesn't grow. You don't have to do anything with it. He gets in the shower and and nothing changes. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like a. <laughs> so you know. Um, one of the reasons why the Cold War ended is because, well, Reagan and both uh, George Classic met with, uh, uh, not not Khrushchev. Um, what was his name? I can't remember. I I, I know I know what he looks like. I can't Gorbachev. Remember. Yeah, uh, Mikhail Gorbachev, and they really they worked out a deal. They said, "Let's end this Cold War. Let's stop doing this." And you know, both sides had to give up something, and it eventually ended up with George H. W. Bush and uh, Gorbachev actually getting rid of nuclear weapons there was 
you know, uh, Reagan decided that, you know what, I can, I can work with Gorbachev. I can reason with him. And the neocons attacked Reagan for what they said was appeasing the Russians. Imagine, imagine attacking Reagan. Saying that he was, <laughs> for, for, the neocons, he is not neocon enough. The neocons called Reagan um, Neville Chamberlain. Yeah. That this was somehow Munich of 1939 again. It's it's utterly preposterous. It's that, hey, there's a chance for peace and a chance for normalizing relations with with our the the biggest adversary at the time. Yeah, that's yeah. The the, the neocons said, yeah, that's not a good idea. Let's well, not do that. Well, and it's not like you know we know Putin's demands. Yes, he's been, he's made it very. He's clear. made it very clear what he wants, and he's made it very clear why he invaded. You know, yes, there's this perception out there from the media and, and from morons that Putin's there just to kill people, um, and just to to for some reason this is gonna be the, the start of the next Soviet Union because he's gonna take over. They don't Ukraine. have the money for that. Yeah, again, they, again, we've been over the uh, we've been over the economics of Russia. They don't have the money to fund a full scale invasion of Europe. They just don't. And the fact that people would believe that. He'd be dumb enough to just to to antagonize uh, the United States in any way. I, I think you are 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 quickly misguided. I think that Putin's going to be just that um, dumb enough to walk into something like that. We we know why he's in Ukraine. Not saying it's right. Again, I just say that every single time, or else someone's to take the, take this podcast out of context. It doesn't mean what he's doing is right, but we know what he's doing. He's doing it because of NATO aggression and the fact sphere that they and yes, in the sphere of influence in Ukraine. It's, it's all why he's doing, it. And, the, and the fact that that, that Zelensky is a is, is a puppet and has been installed by NATO to a, to appease NATO um, over because because the government before was a way too friendly to Russia. That's why the United States launched a coup and, and overthrew the well, Ukrainian I mean, government. The, the the president before uh, Yatsenyuk was uh, just wanted to wanted to be neutral. Yes, because that's such a crime. You, you're not allowed to be neutral. So all Putin wants is just a just a new just a neutral Russia or sorry sorry a neutral Ukraine. Which in fact the before we start the the podcast, I saw there's a headline from Fox News that's saying that um, Zelensky is considering going neutral. Wow, you know what you do whenever you go, whenever you, whenever you go no, neutral, you lose nothing. Like it's not it's not like like people are thinking that if Zelensky surrenders, then Ukraine just becomes part of Russia. No, that's that's not what's gonna. That's not what Putin is proposing here. Now, could you go back on a deal? Sure, but that's not what the that's not what he has proposed. It's not like. Um, we're not talking about France in the 1930s, 1940s, where when France surrendered, they were occupied. They weren't France anymore. Sure, they were called France, but there was a part of Germany, essentially. You might as well have been a part of, of, of Germany at that point if you were living in France at that time. That's, that's not Putin's... Hitler wasn't asking France to be, to be neutral <laughs> on the war of... Um, of uh, his conquest, it's like it's like you here, you could be neutral. It, it, that's not what it's not what Hitler was 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 asking, and there was a clear agenda here. All Putin is asking Zelensky to do is just to not join NATO. That's literally it. That's that, that's all. This is over. It is over Ukraine joining NATO. That's, that's what this is all about. Well, I see, but you know, a lot of people have explained. Okay, well, a lot of people have said, okay, it's time for um 
for Zelensky to give up because he's not going to win. They, they Ukraine is not going to kick Russia out. That's not. That's not going to happen. As as what I said, right? And a lot of people have said, well, you know, one of the reasons why this is happening is Russia's just mad because they've seen the EU and NATO. They've just seen them take over country after country, and they've been mil- uh, economically boxed out from the rest of the world. And some people have said, well, you know, I, I kind of support that. I kind of like that. Or, you know, I, it just sucks to be Russia. Well, you know, they, they, they justify, you know, I'd rather have, you know, uh, domination through economic means, uh, you know, not, not like real deal capitalism, but just like cronyism, you know, uh, where everything is controlled out of Washington, D.C. Like they would rather have that than, than a kinetic war with Russia because, you, you, you get, you, you know, Equaling, uh, trying to balance the power. They say, I'd rather have it go through economic means and through NATO than a kinetic war with Russia. But I would just simply ask, though, okay, so we've, we've done that for 30 years, and look where it's got us. You know, you, you tried this, you know, economic imperialism through, through, the, through the West and through NATO and through the EU, and look where it's got you. It's got you a conflict with over Russia and Ukraine. So maybe that wasn't a good idea. You know, I see people making that argument, and you know, uh, it it hasn't worked out. There isn't more peace in the world. You know, you know, all the neocons like Henry Kissinger and uh, the granddaughter of of uh, Eisenhower, I think it was Eisenhower, got got together with a list of people and said, "Yeah, don't expand NATO." The the neocons and the neocons were saying, "Don't expand NATO." And they were saying, "You know, don't do these things that's going to put Russia in a corner." Don't do those things. However justified you might think it be, however right you might think it be, however much you hate the Russians, you can hate Vladimir Putin all you want. But don't put them in a situation where you're driving them to China and you're driving them away from the rest of the world. Because that's what you're doing with these sanctions. Yeah. You're just, you're just, you're, just, you're making it, you're, you're, you're giving Putin more of a reason to be friends with, with, with China and to abandon the U.S. dollar, which is truly all we have left um to fight for honestly is the fact that people love our currency so much and need our currency so much you 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 take that away there's nothing left that's it we're, we're done so i uh, i made the the grave mistake of uh, watching the view again why do you hate yourself joe i, I hate myself who was on today uh i don't remember her name um but uh, uh there was the token conservative in this i think her name is sunny we're making the argument of well how many people are we going to let die before we impose a no-fly zone and joy behar and, and Whoopi goldberg were like oh hold on no no you're gonna start world war three if you do that who said that was that the conservative said that or was that the conservative the... and then the sunny i yeah. can't remember her name she was they were making the point of making the argument for a no-fly zone mm-hmm. And uh, she was, she just said it matter-of-factly because that'll stop it. And it's like, okay, well, what happens? What happens the moment a U.S. fighter shoots down a Russian fighter? What happens? They're not going to pretend. People, but Joe, people people pretend that if that happens, then Putin's like, whoa, whoa, I'm, I'm sorry. Backing off. Backing off. It's a no-fly zone after all, so what am I doing? I, I the, the, just the stupidity of these, of these, these ladies who say, it's just a matter of fact that this has to stop. Now, again, again, yeah, I want to stop too, but a no-fly zone is not the way out of this. And then they, they were talking about how, um, and this is something I want, else I wanted, wanted us to discuss here just briefly. Um, uh, they were talking about Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard, 
mm-hmm. and how they were basically saying that they're, you know, spreading Russian propaganda. Uh, in a time of the fog of war, when everyone is propagandizing everyone, everyone is lying about what's going on in Ukraine. The U.S. is lying. The EU is lying. NATO's lying. And most certainly, Russia is lying. And so is Ukraine is lying. Everyone is lying. Everyone's trying to get you, uh, is trying to propagandize you one way or the other. You can, now, where, where, where you can find truth, that's kind of up to you. But the idea that Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker Carlson are on the side of Vladimir Putin is just so beyond preposterous. It's, it's, it's so stupid. And they had a whole segment on The View about how, uh, how Tucker Carlson and Tulsi Gabbard are being featured on Russian state TV. That doesn't mean anything. Just because someone on Russian state TV was talking about Tucker Carlson doesn't mean he's on their side. Doesn't mean that he is getting paid by the Kremlin. That doesn't doesn't mean any of that. I'm pretty sure that they talk about Biden on state TV just because we see pictures. Let me guess, they just had pictures of them on TV, and that that was that was evidence enough, right? Not not going to what they're talking about, but the, for the fact that, that the fact that they, that they mere mentioned them, well, that's just that's that's, that's evidence enough. And, and then suddenly, at a, a Mitt Romney has been has been plucked from the realm of obscurity that he resided in since 2012, and since he was handedly defeated by Barack Obama. Um, suddenly, he has become the darling and the hero of the establishment yet again. Unfortunately, and I just loved I just love to push this around. Of you know, you conservatives, you chose Mitt Romney over Ron Paul. You think you think that would have fleshed out? Uh, <laughs> You know, in a nice way, having him as president. Yeah, look at him now. Look at him. You know, I, I, stick your face in it. You, you chose him over Ron Paul, you idiots. Um, but anyway, so uh, Mitt Romney took to the Tweety and was accusing Tulsi Gabbard of being uh, things that she was saying as treasonous. And he was <laughs> on. I think he was on CNN saying, you know, Tulsi Gabbard and Tucker Carlson are being treasonous. And uh, you know, Tulsi Gabbard responded with, guess what? facts so here's what she she had a nice long twitter thread so let's go through it here so she you know at mitch romney you have called me a treasonous liar for stating the fact that there are 25 plus u.s funded bio labs in ukraine which if breached could release and spread deadly pathogens to the u.s uh in the world and therefore must be uh secured in order to prevent new pandemics uh bizarrely you claim that searching that securing these labs for or even calling for searching of these labs is treasonous. Uh, will you and will lead to the loss of life? When the exact opposite is obviously true. The spread of pathogens will cause the loss of life and not the, pre- and the, not the prevention of such spread. Senator Romney, please provide evidence that what I said is untrue and treasonous. If you cannot, you should, be, you should do the honorable thing, apologize and resign from the Senate. <laughs> Thank you. Evidence of such biolabs their vulnerability, and thus the need to take immediate action to secure them is beyond dispute. Dispute Number one, State Department's Victoria Newland acknowledged such uh, labs containing dangerous pathogens exist in Ukraine. In her testimony to the U.S. Senate on March 8th, you know, Ukraine has bought research facilities, and they're quite concerned if Russians take control of those things. Uh, you know, it might seek to gain control of those labs. We are working with Ukrainians on how they can prevent any such materials from falling into the hands of the Russian forces. Right, okay. Uh, the Pentagon fact sheet from March 11, 2020, 2022, 
uh, has numerous statements directly and, and, and indirectly confirming the existence of such labs. Again, last episode, we, I briefly went through how the, 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 the Defense Department was a major funder in, in setting up the funding these labs. The United States through BTRP, I'm not, I'm not sure what that stands for, has invested approximately 200 million Ukraine since 2005, supporting 46 Ukrainian laboratories, uh, health facilities, and di- diagnostic sites. CBS on Face the Nation, March uh, 13, 2022, correspondent David Martin said it said a Pentagon official told him that they're concerned about the existence of such biolabs in Ukraine. The concern is that the Russians will seize one of these biomedical uh, re- re- uh, research facilities in that Ukraine. Uh, has where they do research at deadly pathogens like uh, botulism and anthrax and seize control of these facilities, weaponize the pathogen and blame it on Ukraine and the U.S. because the U.S. has provided support for some of these facilities and done at these facilities, right? In, in April 2020, uh, in refuting Russia's accusation that U.S. is using biolabs in Ukraine to develop biological weapons, U.S. Embassy in Ukraine acknowledged that there are U.S.-funded labs in Ukraine working with, pa- uh, working with pathogens for vaccine and other peaceful purposes. Uh, of course, CNN says this is untrue. <laughs> Furthermore, according to the DOD, there are two biolabs in Ukraine that have been under Russian control for some time. Russia illegally took possession of two Ukraine-owned lava- uh, lavatories that the BTRP upgraded 2014 and concludes to deny Ukraine has access to these facilities. So, Senator Romney, you have a choice. Out of your out of pride, continue to deny the truth or admit you were wrong, apologize, and resign. Aloha. <laughs> and remember that without the truth, we can neither be safe or free. So it's really easy for Mitt Romney to say, hey, you, know, you and Tucker Carlson talking about these bio labs where there may or may not be making chemical weapons or uh, biological weapons. We don't know what they're doing. It is certainly true that the U.S. has set up and has maintained certain uh, facilities. Now, if these facilities were just trying to find uh, cures for cancer or making vaccines for, I don't know, the common cold, okay, whatever. That, that's not that big of a deal. Who cares? We're not talking about that, though. It's not what we're talking about. Because if that was the case, then why would Victoria Nuland be so concerned if the Russians break into these facilities? What do they have? What are they working on? I don't think these are outrageous questions. And to, to make the assertion that, hey— you know, this all this stuff is resurfacing now. And yes, there has been yes, a lot of this has come from China and Russia, but we we can clearly see through the evidence that's been done uh that has been researched by Glenn Greenwald, Tulsi, Tucker, all these folks that there's clear funding coming from the Defense Department, coming from the United States going into these labs. What are they working on? Well, some well, uh, at first it was okay, well we're we're working in these sites to dispose of the of Soviet era chemical weapons and biological weapons. Okay, fine, sure, dispose of them. Well, why are they still there? And why are there so many? And why are you so concerned if they get control of these facilities? Because if you're just you know researching cures for cancer or whatever, then what's the big deal? You you are you afraid they're going to find out your cure for cancer? Is that the big concern here, or is it maybe? Maybe they maybe they have the uh, materials there that can very easily be turned into weapons. Or maybe they're doing some kind of gain-of-function research that they, that they were doing at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, right? Because, you know, up until, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago, or no, well, really, 
the the chances of a lab leak in uh, as far as how COVID got started, you know, there's a there's a there's a there's between a hundred percent chance and hundred percent chance that it was a lab leak as how COVID got started. Now the 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 some people came out and said, oh, it, it was most definitely the the fruit stand across the street from the from the from the facility that does gain of function research because we know for a fact it came from that piece of fruit that that guy touched and he touched someone else. That's how it started. No, no. If there's a market that happens to be right next door to a laboratory where they're working on gain of function, trying to make uh, diseases more deadly and being uh, being able to spread more quickly, there's your there's your smoking gun right there. Like that, that's very obvious that you can see that. So someone's lying here. Now, am I? Is this me? You know, just buying into Chinese or Russian state propaganda? No, because there there might be just a kernel of truth here. And yet, yes, they may be—they may have been the ones to break the story of the Russian and Chinese. But whatever, we deserve to know what's going on there. We deserve to know why, as Tulsi stated, it's like what two hundred million dollars has been given. Yeah, over approximately two hundred million dollars since two thousand five. What are they spending this money on? And why is Victoria Newland so concerned about it? And why did they immediately have to caveat with, well, if anyone's going to drop, you know, biological weapons or chemical weapons, it's going to be the Russians, right? Right. Why do they have to do that? If they're so concerned about this, what are they hiding? That's all I'm asking. That's all we're asking. That's all anyone's asking. Just simple questions. Just simple questions. And then for The View. And for Mitt Romney, all these people say that they're treasonous. And Whoopi Goldberg said that, you know, we used to throw people in jail for this kind of stuff. Really? You're kind of alluding to, beating around the bush, kind of saying that you want Tucker Carlson or Tulsi Gabbard to be arrested for treasonous so-called lies? Then if we do that, then we are no better than the Russians. We are no better than the Venezuelans or the, the Iranians or the Saudi Arabians. There's no difference. No difference between any of us. Well, in matter of fact, I mean, I don't know if we're any better than the Russians. I mean, look what look what they've done to Julian Assange, Ross Ulbrich, you know, Caitlin, um, not Caitlin Jenner, but um, Chelsea Manning. Chelsea Manning. Yeah, look 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 what they've done to the truth tellers around here. Yeah, but you know for a fact that 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 if the CIA and Biden and all these people, if they had a shot, they would take it on on Assange. Oh, they would with without a doubt. So I. If they if they had intelligence, if the head of CIA or the head of military came and said we can take out Assange, you know for a fact that Biden says do it. It's without a doubt. So I I I have been trying my best to keep an open mind as far as all the information that I'm getting from the conflict in Ukraine. Trying to keep an open mind because I know everyone is trying to lie to me. Everyone's trying to propagandize me into into viewing the situation one way or the other. I'm trying to have the uh, the most rational, uh, you know, non-interventionist frame of mind on this whole situation. I think you're probably the same as well, Jacob. Yeah, I've been very. I I I, I read all sides. You know, I read the New York Times every day. I read the Wall Street Journal every day. It's like I get my I get my my, my corporate press in. I see what they're saying. I see stuff like this in the Wall Street Journal where it says Ukraine um, Zelensky is calling for Congress to send more military aid and military gear. On so, top of the billions of we've billions already we've already him. sent him. And then, I, you know, of course, I go and I read antiwar.com, which if I, if I really want to know what's going on, I read antiwar.com. But this is, this, is, this is how I see 
what 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 people are saying because people read the Wall Street Journal, people read the New York Times, they watch they, CNN, they, they watch, watch the CNN. View. This is what people are 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 grasping. So when I see pieces like this, where um, now I I don't I haven't read through this entire article, but it really just seems like it's just information of what Zelensky's saying. Zelensky's just begging for more weapons because um, because again, there's this narrative that uh, that. Ukraine is uh, winning this war, but at the same time, he's 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 begging for weapons, um, and not in the standpoint of like, hey, if we get this, then then we'll definitely win. No, they have this idea that you know Ukraine's already won this. It, it, it's it's the, it's just a matter of days. It's over. It, it's over. Um, you know that we, we are, I've said many times it's not going to happen, and we're already seeing the prediction that Glenn Greenwald and myself made that the war is turning and we're seeing the fact that, <clears throat> that that now there's more casualties and you're seeing all these pictures coming out of here here you go there's just more injuries are, are racking up more destructions racking up there was a u.s reporter that was killed there was another one that was injured one of the guy yep. that actually works for fox news was injured yep so this is only going to keep happening and as it keeps happening you're going to see more and more calls and the same thing that happened on on the view where they said well how can we just stand here and do nothing how how, how can we do that you're having media personalities who are hawks as as it can be and that's not going to stay that way for very long it's going to move to the normie which you already see some normies who are saying, how can we just stand by and do stand by? And, you know, I was at the Atlanta United game last last night and um, they didn't have a, mo- a, a moment of silence for the conflict in Ukraine. But, you know, there was people in the stands who had flags and had banners that say, I stand with the people of Ukraine and nothing wrong with with the sentiment of, uh, standing with the people of Ukraine, but you know it is—it's almost like it's a trend. It's—it feels—I I don't want to say it feels disingenuous, but it—but it, but it honestly does, because you know that these people truly don't all care about what's going on. They care about it because they're told to be cared about it. Because their favorite and that's a very—it's a very TikTok. dangerous sentiment because. If they're told to care about a country, they can't point onto a map, and they're already as we discussed last episode. They're already willing to pay more for gas. Poll said they're already willing to get involved militarily if they move outside of Ukraine. We're not that far away. Where if Zelensky comes out and says, "I'm going to lose this," there's not many. We're not that far away from people saying that. Well, we need to get involved. We have to save Zelensky. We have to save the country of Ukraine. Well, what I would to like save to save the democracy. What I have to ask these people who are saying this is that okay? Well, are you willing to go over there and do the fighting then? Yes, th- that's the only. That is the only. Oh no no no! I'm no. not willing to do it, but I'm willing to have someone else go and do it for me because no. I care so deeply about this. Unless you are willing to to be drafted. And, and go fight in Ukraine, then you you have no your opinion you is have, meaningless. Your opinion is meaningless. Now, I've even said <laughs> in my in my article that I wrote on Memorial Day, which got some heat for some people. It's fine, but 
I even said that dying for what they believed in, in as far as freedom and stuff like that, so that's a very noble cause. And if Jacob Standridge was my age in the year 1940 and I saw what was going on in Germany and I saw the horrors of the Holocaust, Jacob Standridge might have in, in enlisted at a time. There is a there's a there's a possibility where I said, well, I'm going to go helping for these people. But that but that's a willing thing. Now, I wouldn't be in saying, well, I think that everybody needs to go help these people. And everybody needs to go help. So, so that means that we need to illegally um, abduct people from, from their homes, which is what a draft is, to go and fight. No, no, no. If you want to go volunteer and go help people in Ukraine, Godspeed to you. <laughs> but I, I don't see that as being... But you cannot make that as a noble cause for American freedom. Sure, if you want to go help the people of Ukraine, definitely. But you're not going to be able to to convince me or argue with me that this is a worthy fight to defend American freedom. Because if you're going to use the American military, what is their fun- what is their function? It's to defend America against threats foreign and domestic. Um, Russia is no threat to us, and Ukraine is no threat to us. So, therefore, uh, by default, they should not be involved. And like I, um, like I said before, uh, or like I was talking before about the propaganda and stuff like that, is that yeah, I'm fully aware that Russia is lying. I'm fully aware that China is lying. I'm fully aware that they are prop in- intentionally propagandizing us um, about what's going on. But at the same time, though, too, the United States is not above any of that either. The United States is not above uh, stooping to the level of of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies that the Russian government is. And I know that might might be hard for some people to hear, but uh, I have no faith that that the U.S. government is telling the truth in any of this. And some people say, you know, well, I never trust the Russians, never trust the Chinese. Okay, that's fine. But they still have this little kernel of hope, or there's this little kernel of truth that they espouse that, well, you know, the, the United States is, is better. Is it? Is, is, the, is the establishment better? Is the U.S. establishment, the, the war party, the war machine that exists in Washington, D.C., is it any better at telling the truth? It's the CIA, the DOD... The FBI, <laughs> the January 6th trial and hearings, are they any better at getting to the truth and, sh- and sharing the truth than the, than the Kremlin or, or, or who happens to be in Beijing? If you believe that the, US, that the U.S. establishment is better, you are fooling yourself. And that's not me hating on America or being, you know, America last, you know, whatever. That's me just trying to be honest with you and, and, sh- and just... Maybe sprinkle a little truth, you know, a little truth on this because you know it's nice that people have this nationalistic, you know, patriotic feeling that you know that our government's in the right, but most of the time they're not. Most of the time they are the wrong ones. They're in the wrong more than 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 they're in the right, and that might be hard for a lot of people to grasp and understand. But you know, when you break it to a down to a binary scenario of good versus evil, good guys, bad guys, black and white, wrong and right. 
Um, you can't do that in this situation. You can't. There are no good guys here. Zelensky, Putin, Biden, there, there are no good people involved here. It's just a varying degree of bad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a degree of, of worst. Who, who's the worst? You know, people say, well, you know, well, I, I, I trust Biden at least has a, a, an interest in making sure the U.S. survives. I don't. I don't. Because how would encouraging a conflict like this ensure our survival or our thriving? It, it wouldn't. It doesn't. You know, a quick way to, to diffuse an argument like that, okay, just look at the economy. Every, every decision that they have made as far as the economy goes has been the wrong decision. Now, you could say that's gross incompetence or negligence or, or whatever, but at some point, it, it kinda be, you kind of have to ask the question, is any of this intentional? Is what they're doing intentional? To just always pass it off as, oh, well, they're just, they're just bad at their job. No, you cannot. You cannot continually get get this much wrong, and it still be. Oh well, he's just old crazy Joe Biden. No, you can't do that forever. You know, even the people that really don't like Biden still kind of feel like, well, he, well, we just need somebody better, someone better than Biden. Well, Trump made a lot of wrong decisions too. He kicked the can down the road just as much as Biden is, or just as much as Obama and Bush did. So I don't know. So you know, first, if you want to find the truth in the, in this situation, first you gotta have it. You have to establish your own worldview first. And well, I think it's pretty clear what our worldview is: is that it's non-interventionism and keeping the U.S. At, out of these situations and not creating new situations like this. Start there first. Once you have a good footing on that, and then once you realize that everyone's lying to you, then you kind of have to find things that. Don't affirm your worldview, but th that are kind of in line with your worldview. And if you know that the corporate press is it literally lies about almost everything, and you know that they're just going to repeat the talking points from the establishment, yeah, okay, that's not a legitimate news source. But if you've got people who are saying, you know what, Russia and the U.S. are both lying, but here's what we think is going on, that's probably where you need to, to lean towards. And then you have to kind of make up your own mind. Because there's a lot of people that I listen to who I don't agree with on this. Like, Tim Pool is kind of, he's in this gray area on this situation. I love his videos, I love his work, a lot of stuff he does. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know, he's he's kind of like he's, he's like 75% of the way there. But then when I listen to people like Scott Horton, who's, who's, who has kind of been right on everything, you know, I kind of, when it comes to the foreign policy stuff, I go to the, the Mises Institute, the antiwar.com, the Libertarian Institute. That's where I go, because... That's my worldview. And it's probably the same for you, too, as well, Jacob. Yep. <clears throat> so that's, you know, I because I've had conversations with people at work about this. And, you know, I, I, I've, you know, they tell me, you know, Russia bombed such and such place. I'm like, okay, I don't know if they did or not. I've told you I don't trust the corporate media, and you're, the source that you're giving me is NBC News. So I'm, I, I don't believe you. I don't believe them. Now, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Without, without doing further research. Yeah, doesn't mean it didn't happen. But I, I need to look into this myself. I'm not just going to take their word for it, and neither should you. Just don't take anyone's word for it. Look into it. Once you have, you know, 50 you know web browser tabs open, then then we can talk. But don't just take Lester Holtz or you know um, 
uh, Senator Mitch Romney's opinion for it. Don't even take Tulsi's or or uh, or Tucker's word for it. Look into it. Just look into it. Don't just take don't take it at, don't take anything at face value. So anyway, that's it. Um, I wanted to talk a little baseball news, but we're out of time. Out of time, dude. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on with with trades and whatnot. Some questionable things that are happening in the world of baseball as far as the what what general managers are doing. It's it's very uh, it's interesting. I've got a lot of things I wanted to say about Brian Cashman and the Braves, but you know what? We'll save that for another time. Anyway, folks, uh, if you like what you hear in here, you know, hit the hit the subscribe button. Give us a ten five stars on the uh, on the thing. Uh, go read the Substack articles that Jacob puts out. They're excellent. Um, if you like, uh, if you want to get you a t-shirt, get you a t-shirt. Um, uh, what else? Uh, oh, consider supporting the show. Uh, if you like the content here, five bucks a month. It ain't that much, uh, but a little goes a long way. Help support the show that way. And again, the best way to really help the show is not only becoming, uh, not only by joining the website and giving us five bucks a month because you know, come on, we're great. Uh, not only that, but Sharing the show with your friends and your family, saying, "Hey, these two idiots—they're onto something here about this whole this whole you know politics thing and the worldview thing." And they're they have some questionable views about baseball and music, but you know what? You know they're good on everything else. You know, share the show. These cats got down. Yeah, the, these these uh, we are the bees knees. Um, the cats pajamas. Oh, I this is just one, one last little thing. Did you did you read that article I sent you about yes. the cuties in the Netflix? Yeah, and how the prosecutor is is Spider from School of Rock. This is Spider. He's replacing you. Sup, Sup dog. Man. Sup man. Yeah, I just I think that's great. Anyway, all right, folks, that's it. We'll see you on Friday with another episode of the show. Have a good week. Roger, Clint, 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 Clint,